off our normal way welcome to marvel champions Weatherly. we are a fan podcast about the card game marvel champions i've got two co-hosts with me today i've got americano how's it going it's going i'm figuring it out i'm logging into twitch you, you, how are you doing you're learning what technology is i'm so proud of you <laughs> see back in the day twitch was like all video games and now it's just like random people talking and doing social stuff it's so strange literally everything and we have Adderkamp. How's it going? Uh, since we're on Twitch, I would say that things are going quite poggers, Dan. Poggers? Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> things are going swell. So this is our first live show since last year. We have all three of us watching ourselves in our live show. There might be like two people out there because um, it's like on YouTube too. So hopefully, hopefully we got a couple people. But if not, you can listen to it on your normal audio feed. And uh, what we're going to do in today's live show, this is a new type of episode. We are going to pretend that we're LCG designers. Who's ready to pretend they know how to design an LCG? Every day of my life. I feel like Me. everyone in the Marvel Champions community thinks that they're good at designing an LCG. So we'll see how good we really are. <laughs> Jeez. The, the, yeah, are you, you having a good day, Dan? Yeah, you, I feel like the gun's pretty hot. Um... It's, Shots fired. It's, it's it's been a good twenty four hours. We'll just leave it at that. Rock and roll. Okay, well, that's that's all you can ask for. This new type of episode is called a designer dark dimension, and it's going to be like a bottle episode. We are going to lock ourselves into a dark dimension and pretend we're LCG designers and design a hypothetical future Marvel Champions expansion. You all ready for this? Yeah, we might as well be. Yeah, everybody did notes. their homework because I gave you no show notes. I just gave you a topic. So what we're going to do... Yeah, yeah, who needs show notes when we can just make things up? Hey, Board Game Lawyer. Thanks for joining us in the chat. We uh, What we're going to do is we're going to theorycraft a Marvel Champions exa- uh, expansion that is a legacy expansion. So if you've ever played a legacy board game before, like Pandemic Legacy or Aeon's End Legacy... You sort of permanently change the state of your game as you go through um, more and more plays. So with Pandemic Legacy, I don't want to tell you what happens because it's kind of like a spoilery thing, right? But you're going to like be putting stickers on things and ripping cards in half. I've played one Legacy game where it says, like, go get a lighter and burn this card. So you'd like never see it again. So there's all sorts of like crazy mechanics. But the general idea is you play a what scenario. What game was that? Um, I think it was the we didn't play test this Legacy game. Okay. Okay. Um, which they obviously did play I played test, a couple. But... <laughs> yeah, I've played a couple legacy games, and that wasn't in any of the games I you, played. You never had to rip a card in half. I definitely have ripped cards in half. Okay, I feel like that's the first thing in every legacy game is they're like, pull out this instruction card and rip it in half, and they're like, get used to it. It's gonna happen. You want to give board gamers heart attacks yeah. and panic attacks to get a brown paper bag and breathe heavily into it. <laughs> Or if they're like me, they pretend to rip it in half and put it in a sleeve in like a very pristine <laughs> spot in, the, in their box to never be used again because they just ignore it. But anyway, the idea is you play a scenario or a game of some sort, and then you permanently change the cards you have, whether you're applying stickers or like ripping cards in half or putting new cards into things. Um, so we're going to th- come up with a theory of how we can make that work for Marvel Champions. So 
I was hoping each of us could like sort of pitch our idea on how we would sell a legacy expansion for Marvel Champions. So who wants to go first? I think I got it. You got it? Okay. I'm ready. Let's hear it. I'm gonna I'm gonna save you guys. I'm gonna save you some guys. I'm gonna save you guys some time on your pitches. Because this one's a good one. So Marvel Champions Legacy. Secret Invasion. Right? Big box set. It's got the villains in it. What changes uh well what changes the status quo in comics more than major events, right? So we're gonna take the one that had the most like who or what if or could go in a bunch of different directions and let the players sort this out and let them figure out who is or isn't uh, a scroll. I like this. So is okay, it like a hidden role slash legacy game? Uh, at the end of each scenario, I haven't worked this part out yet, but at the end of each scenario, uh, you basically draw from the pool of heroes to find out who is a scroll. And if it's a hero that's currently being played, then they are now a villain in one of the following scenarios, and that hero is no longer playable. Ever. Ah, so you... Does that player, like, play on the opposing team, or do they just get, like, a new a new deck for that campaign? Um, for the ease of use, it's probably just a template for the hero. Like, you kind of fill in some X's and Y's with ah, your okay. hero stats, and then uh, it's just the scroll version of them. And uh, they play a lot like a hero would. So, so that player would then play as the villain? Uh, no, their hero would be taken away, and they'd have to choose a different hero to play as. Yeah. So in like a campaign setting, you'd have to change your hero. This was sounding a lot like... Um, why can't I think of it? Battlestar Galactica, where you yeah. don't know that you're... You don't know you're oh, a Skrull. Yeah. You, don't, you don't know you're a Cylon. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a lot like that. And that's how it was in the comic, too, right? Like, a lot of the sleeper agents didn't know they were scrolls, And then they were just like, why am I turning green? What's going on? And then they did, like, the catchphrase, and they all went, like, bad guys berserk, right? Yeah, basically the sleeper agents were, were in so deep that they had to be activated by active agents, and they didn't know whether or not they were scrolls. What if it ended up being, like, Wolverine? What do you mean? And, like, that, that hero now is no longer playable. You gotta rip his Burn. cards up. I'm just kidding. Well, it'd be a it'd be a pool of of uh, like a the the players would construct it sort of like a campaign log. You would construct the heroes that you have access to, or maybe ones that are in the game, so that one player always has to be removed, so that you can have one of the uh, campaign slots. Okay, so it's just it's unplayable for that campaign, not for the game, permanently. Right. Well. Okay. Yes. Which is sort of against what we were talking about, because obviously you want to be able to destroy the card or burn it or send it to space or whatever you have to do. Um, but for the purposes of it being Marvel Champions, um, it seems like drastically changing the campaign would be ideal. But if you guys have a plan to destroy cards, uh, I'm listening. <laughs> so I actually like this. I was thinking about it, and each campaign box is kind of like a really like minor legacy game, right? As you get your campaign rewards, you like change your deck a little bit. But it doesn't go like all in on the concept. So, but I, I do yeah. like the idea of like having like a hero pool and then removing heroes from it and adding them back in. You could even have like 
the signature allies turn into scrolls or something, depending on what happens. That could be cool. Yeah, I w- I'll yeah. be honest. I couldn't think of how to how to do anything to the heroes. Well, the hero you, you tell me how you're going to do the villains, and I'll tell you how we're going to do the heroes. I got <laughs> because I was like, well, I bought my hero. I want to keep it. I don't. I don't want to do anything to it. So, uh, I mean, that's if if it's contained to the Secret Invasion campaign, where now Spider-Man can't be played, and he's actually a villain in that campaign. That would. That's awesome. I would be way more comfortable with that than being rid of Spider-Man completely. Right. Yeah. Of course. I think. I think the way that you fix it is at the beginning of the game. There's a list of all available heroes and you choose say five of them right and they have to include all the player all the all the heroes that are you choose in the campaign being played by players so in a four player game you choose a fifth hero and maybe for each uh hero that's chosen they provide some kind of benefit to the team but on the other side of it when if they become a scroll then they become very complicating for the game like uh you you mentioned like Wolverine right so as as a hero maybe he gives your allies or if if he's on your team you get his bonus right all of your allies get plus one attack but on the other side if he becomes a scroll then now all of your allies get minus one uh attack and you have to face him right okay like a like a double agent kind of thing so you you instead of saying like here's a pool of 30 heroes right or however many we're at now um, you just choose a pool of five. You get some bonuses and construct it, and then you also ba- balance it against their bad side. I like it. Hey. All right, let's hear your plan for the villains, Americano. I want to hear this. Okay, so basically where I was going with this was it would be the same size box as we've gotten with um, Galaxy's Most Wanted and the Rise of Red Skull. Um, but... Because Marvel Champions is a card game, and I don't think that, for example, stickers are necessary, um, because you can just have a whole bunch of extra cards, similar to what you're talking about, Dan, with um, like campaign, like the the market and stuff where you can modify your deck. You can have um, cards built into the box for the villain. Um, for the villains, and what I was thinking is it would be a three-villain campaign, and it would be AIM, Advanced Idea Mechanics, because scientists, um, progress, <clears throat> and um, it would be. I, I think it would be pretty. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to do it, but it be. It seems like it'd be pretty easy to implement extra cards. Um, like if something happens in the game take out this card and replace it with card number 400 or something like that, right? So that the each villain deck is being modified and you could start with um, Scientist Supreme. Take your pick as to which one you want. Um, then you can get to Super Adaptoid, which would be awesome because that one could be the most modifiable. I mean, I had to do some research because... Uh, I'm not super deep. My knowledge isn't deep in the comics, but my understanding is Super Adaptoid can adapt to heroes um, that he's facing or it's facing, um, and you can result in a permanent villain 
in you know that looks like a hero okay. and that has the heroes so almost like what you're talking about Adderkop with you know that like a, a foil or a negative to the actual hero but it's it still allows you to play as that hero against that villain because it's still super adaptoid right he's already like hardwired into that hero now yeah exactly nice yeah that's um, really good I totally and then adaptoid. And then, because AIM created him, right? It, right? Uh, last I remember, yes. Unless he was Mad Thinker. Okay. And then you got Modok. You got Modok. Um, and I think with Modok, you can get to the point where, because Modok split off from AIM, you can get to um, now where Modok is modifying any encounter sets that you include <laughs> in the box. Um, so. At the end of this three villain campaign, you now have a, a box set that's different than everyone else's box set. It's also can be replayed with your regular Marvel champions. And it doesn't, you can still have conversations about heroes and it doesn't change the heroes. But my Scientist Supreme is different than yours. My Super Adaptoid is different because it took on the role of Captain America and yours took on the role of Iron Man. So do you like thing. fill in numbers on the cards, or is it like you're like you said you're just swapping cards to to make that work? Well, I put less heroes in, less villains in, so that you could have a whole bunch of uh, okay, um, whole bunch of extra cards that can be swapped. So I guess technically it's not permanent, but uh, it could it, the card could say or the rules could say destroy this card and replace it with X, right? Um. I don't think the destruction is necessary, right? Like, because if it if it doesn't destroy itself, you can always reset it to the initial box and then you, play through it can, and keep your super adaptoid like he is at the end. Yeah. What if so? We stickers for super adaptoid, and you got stickers of different significant hero parts to stick on the card to show what his abilities are. So if he got like. Cap shield, we could stick a little arm with cap shield on it, or like Thor's hammer, we could put, you know, the hammer in the other one. Like you are reading my mind here. here. I am all about and, the stickers. And then the stick, <laughs> and then the ability it has a sticker on the bottom where you can it can add it. It pairs with that arm piece or the the body part. This have you guys ever played Custom Heroes? Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. Where you, that's bit. where you like slot like the different layers together. Yep. Yeah, and so like your hero, one of your cards can have like be holding a fish, and it makes the value of the card go down like minus two because they're holding a fish instead of like a flaming sword. That game's pretty cool, right? You start with like a generic body, and then there's a bunch of cards that are like they line up with each generic body's left arm, so you can like equip different weapons or like fish, like you said, and hats and all sorts of cool stuff. Laser beam eyes. Yeah, so now we're talking. You would still you would still be able to then play these like super adaptoid as a as a one off villain. That villain's just going to be different for you than someone else's box. And anyway, that that was the idea I had, and and it came from my experience with playing Charterstone, where you you change the game and then you, your game is playable post legacy campaign. It's a set, it's a different game than anyone anyone else's game right right so like we could say hey game night let's all get together uh americano don't bring your super adaptoid because you know bad stuff happened and now he's it's a jerk crazy. yeah yeah, yeah. 
He's like, she's like five hulks taped together. Exactly. Literally taped with stickers. We just kept putting Hulk sticker arms on him, and now he just punches everything a million times, and you die. I was no, looking at the need... hero route, and I was going all into the stickers. So I was thinking it'd be really cool um, to have a campaign expansion that maybe you do this for the villains too, but in the hero mindset, what I was thinking is you start with your 15 hero cards. So maybe they they make a new version of Cap and Hulk, because nobody likes the current Hulk, because they're crazy. And maybe they put Hawkeye in there, because he's like cool or something. Um, but then... You've got all your normal cards, right? And they have things that every card has, like costs and the amount of resources they provide and things like that. So after a mission, maybe someone upgrades your resources and like the team of four people gets four stickers that like add extra resources to one card in your hero kit. So you have to decide what card do I want to add a resource to. Um, and it could do things like change ally stats or change like the abilities of cards. Maybe... Captain America starts with a punch that does six damage, and then if you keep winning scenarios, he gets one that does six and a stun. So you like create your hero at the end of the game. So the idea would be using a sticker sheet for like that hero. You start with your fifteen cards. After each mission, you get to choose from like a certain set of stickers to upgrade one of your cards. Maybe you upgrade your shield toss, or you upgrade your heroic strike, or what whatnot. And then at the end of the game, you've got your 15 cards, but like five of them have stickers on that change the cost, change the resources, change the traits, change whatever you want. And then we have cool discussions online of oh, how did you optimize your Captain America versus my Captain America? Yeah, this, um, this would be really easy to actually implement too because you can have it be a multiverse Captain America. Exactly. And, and so, you can, so you can still have your original Captain America and then you can have your, I don't know, you call it... You just write in whatever multiverse number you want after the name. So he's technically different. Okay. So let me, if I may, propose something for the hero slot. I'm ready. All right. It's a little it's a little meta, so I hope you're ready. Here we go. So every once in a while, when comics release something new, there's the whole buzz about uh, what hero is this? What's going on? Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the new, you know, Captain America, even? Well, what if the hero in the Secret Invasion box to carry the stickers and the modularity theme was Ronan? And oh. this is because right after uh, Avengers Disassembled, or New Avengers? New Avengers. Ronan shows up, and nobody knows who it is. And for a long time, it was speculated, is it Blade? Is it Echo? Is it Daredevil? Is it Iron Fist? Who is it, right? Obviously, we know who it turned out to be. But we have the ally that has no identity, right? So if we were to do this for a hero, then we could construct the hero however we wanted. Because it could be Echo in your version. That would be really cool. And it fits more with the Marvel Champions' current theme of Avengers. I was thinking Mimic um, from the X-Men. He's not always a hero. A lot of times he's the villain. But in the Exiles comic, he was right. a hero. And then it could be right. based on like what villains or minions you defeat. You gain like different powers to put on like as stickers. So it'd be like it'd be cool. I like that a lot. But yeah, so with, with Echo, right? So in your version, if it's Daredevil or Echo, right? She has, she has super senses in one way or the other. You know, if it's Iron Fist, maybe she has the Iron Fist. Uh, if it's Blade, he's a vampire and he's dur durable and stuff like that. 
you know, so you can build the hero however you want, and you can use the stickers to kind of construct their uh, their thwart, their attack, and their defense, and their HP and stuff. You can modify that. So yeah, that's exactly. Like that's that's sort of what I was thinking. Is like after each mission, like let's say it's a four player campaign and four of you are playing, you get four stickers, and everybody gets to upgrade one of their basic stats or something like that. Um. The weird thing is you'd have to sell like a recharge pack or something, right? Because people like to play through the campaigns multiple times. It's cool that they end up with their hero, but then they want to be able to go through and play it again with a new set of friends. So Aeon's End does that really well. You can play through like the whole legacy campaign. And then there's like a $10 reset pack that gets you like a new set of four their mages in that game. Um, and all the cards that you would have had to destroy, it like resets. Removable stickers. Removable stickers would be great. Um, then Doesn't Gloomhaven do that? I think Gloomhaven does that, and then there's a couple other games like Prism Prism Battlers or something is what I have that does that. You get like costumes. It's just cosmetics that are removable. Um, I think Gloomhaven does it if you buy like the removable sticker set that's like super expensive. I think at least the Jaws of the Lion one, the base game comes with non-removable stickers, and then you can pay $10 to get like Here's the removable set. Give us more money. <laughs> but I'm all about the stickers. And I think it could work for heroes and villains, right? If you had a modular set, and I think the best way to do this is with the modular set, right? Because you could have, let's say it's the secret invasion campaign. You could start by having characters that are like, they show up in the deck as allies. And then you put a sticker on them every time they show up as an ally and help you in the first couple missions. And once they get enough stickers, they awaken as a sleeper agent, and you swap their card out with Americano's idea. And now you have minions in there instead of allies popping out of the villain deck. Um, or, so. or once they get, once they get play so much, they become so defeated that they you chump block with them too much that they're removed completely from the game because they. That was being, that was uh, my other idea was uh, Clint's yeah being Clint. Clint's uh, chump blocker has taken a toll, and now hey, they're dead. Mockingbird doesn't chump block; she jumps back into your hand. Yeah, so that's, that's okay. Well, that's that's good, but other heroes don't. Other well, allies don't. So, Americano's super adaptive ability uh, or idea appeals to me, obviously, because I'm a sucker for Silver Age comics and super adaptive is as Silver Age as it comes. But let me also add this in: Super Scroll. Yeah, because Super Scroll, as we know him, as most people know him, is a Fantastic Four villain, right? He can turn into stone, he can turn into fire, he can turn invisible, and he can stretch, right? Well, in Secret Invasion, they introduce the Super Scroll, and there's a Super Scroll for every team, and they each can imitate a handful of abilities, and they don't really go into detail about them. But That's... if you wanted stickers, then you'd say, all right, this guy is copying the champions he can stretch like miss marvel he has lasers like cyclops he gets big like amadeus cho and i ran out of champions to reference but that's it viv vision come on intangibility right and now it can turn into yeah and it can be a robot or something i'm not sure but see so if if you want to be able to construct a villain super scrolls are 100 the way to go between super adaptoid and super scrolls like we're gonna need a lot of stickers I'm all about the stickers. That's totally fine with I me. I love it. I, I'm I'm good with that. The only thing I don't like about stickers is being the person to place them, because I always place them slightly askew, and then I get so mad. So I'll have to hire someone to do the stickering for me, but, you know. 
You gotta it's use like tweezers. You... <laughs> yeah. Tweezers, magnifying glass, this big like light. Yeah. Yeah, you just gotta when, be when you hire someone when you hire someone to paint your minis, no, I'd need someone to put my stickers on my cards. I don't mind painting my minis horribly, but for some reason stickers. It's like the worst part of your kids getting Legos for like Christmas or for their birthday is you get all the way through the Lego kit and the last step is like, put these stickers on and you're like, no, I don't want to ruin this pristine thing. <laughs> so a lot of times we hide the sticker sheet and we're like, oh, it's missing. Shucks. Well, st- well stickers are going to be permanent on the card. You can't pick it back up and move it. At least with painting a mini, you can, you can clean it strip off. It. Yeah, you yeah. can strip it. Board Game Lawyer says scratch-offs are fun. I thought that would be a really cool way to like, uh, shape the campaign. Let's say you have a campaign that's like four scenarios long, and after scenario one, the team has to make a decision. Do we chase, like maybe the you beat this first villain and you saw two shadowy figures, and one went through an alleyway and one climbed to the roof. So your team has to like chase one of them. So you scratch off, and then you reveal which person you're chasing. So you don't know until you've like scratched off and found it out. I think that I would be it. cool. Yeah, or the third option is like, you know, stay where you are, and then you scratch that one off, and it's like you win another ticket, and you're like, oh great, that's really good, and then you take you take it down to the liquor store, and you get a new ticket, and then you win three dollars, and you use it, and you buy like a soda. Yeah, or you buy three more tickets and win zero dollars. That's how scratch offs go for me. <laughs> um, oh man. Other legacy things that could be cool, I think, would be, um, let's say you're playing as a set of heroes, maybe it's the Fantastic Four or someone you've got. I think having four heroes in the box, if they're all going to be legacy heroes, is kind of essential, because you want to be able to uh, have each player get like a legacy character. You don't want two of you playing this legacy character, and then somebody over here being like, hey, I'm Spider-Man, I got Webkick. Um, well, I mean, weren't they the Fantastic Five in a different... They were at one point. Well, so there's been so many characters in the Fantastic Four. What would be really cool is maybe you start as the Fantastic Four and everybody's got their initial ally, but then those allies get kidnapped by the villain or they turn out to be Skrulls or something. So one of your legacy choices is picking your new signature ally. So there's four signature allies as like campaign rewards that permanently change your hero because your other allies become a Skrull. So you could get Johnny Storm with She-Hulk and you could get the thing with... Spider-Man and all the different people that have been on the Fantastic Four. I would love it. It'd be super fun. What about Herbie? Can we get Herbie? No, Herbie's Herbie's evil the last time I read him because it was in Iron Man 2020 and he was a bad robot on the 13th floor or whatever that place was. So I just I can't do it. Did you read or that Herbie. one? That one was scary. I actually don't read anything Iron Man because I, he's painfully boring to me. I, I used to think that and I still think that, but I wanted to read the Iron Man 2020 series because I heard it was really good. And uh, basically all of, like, the AI in the world starts to go evil. And they create this, like, it's like the 13th and a half floor or something that all the elevators go to this, like, artificial intelligence, like, alternate reality. And uh, these these two AI people go there and it shows all the robots you've ever seen, like, being evil, right? They're all, like, gambling and doing all sorts of things. And it's got, like, Herbie and (laughs) I'm surprised R2-D2 isn't in there. It's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you sent me pictures of Herbie. I remember that. Yeah, you, um, evil Herbie. <laughs> you can do whatever you want with the Fantastic Four roster. I mean, Johnny Storm was dating Alicia Masters, who turned out to be Elijah the Laser, Laser Fist, and now the real Alicia Masters is married to Ben Grimm. And Laser Fist is still friends with everybody, but it's kind of like tentative. So you can do whatever you want, is my point. Beautiful. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Qu- question 
do any of you uh have any of you played um Android Netrunner? I have. Played the it, wait, the uh, the totally LCG not. or the like the board game? Uh is that a board game? I thought there was a Netrunner oh. game too, it might not have been called Android, but I can't remember. That answers the question. Yeah. Um no, I'm pretty sure it's the LCG because they had a legacy expansion for that. They did. I never got to play it, but now I okay. kind of want to go buy one. <laughs> you have to have the base game, but I think that's it, right? Yeah, you had to have the base game. And they sold like a reformatted core set, so I have says, all my old Netrunner cards. It was a narrative campaign expansion, including new player cards, printer player dashboards. Oh, pads. Okay. Uh, pad sheets to hold stickers that will affect future games played in the same campaign setting. So you so kind of like what I was saying is it would stay in the same campaign, but you could, I guess you could play my, I, I guess mine and Edercop's ideas, you could play those, replay them without being in the campaign. You just have to do the campaign first to trigger the changes in the, in the villains. I really like the idea of having something at the end, whether it's like two new heroes or like this super adaptoid or, or super scroll villain that is like, your campaign experience's final result. So then you can go play it. It would be really cool at Gen Con, right? If this was like a Gen Con release, and then there was like a hall of people where everybody was building their Super Scrolls through a campaign, and then you could go play each other's Super Scrolls and stuff. I would go wild. I was trying to think of how you could do that. What's that? I'd love to see a room full of Super Scrolls, honestly. I don't know if I would in real life, but maybe in Marvel Champions life. Um, I was trying to think of how you could do that with a hero that would be like acceptable for the Marvel Champions community because like me, like I'm fine with with tearing up cars and stuff if it's a legacy game. Or in this situation I'd be fine if it was the villain. But I don't want to change my hero necessarily. But I was thinking of I mean you could incorporate a multiverse somehow into it. And and I was thinking of the Deadpool core. Could be cool. I don't know. Like Deadpool goes and like teams up with Headpool. <laughs> so you could have different versions of Deadpool. I don't know. Like, what if? Yeah. What if the box was called What If? I'm just saying. There it is. Like there it is, talking. right? Um, there there it is. <laughs> that just writes itself. Right. At the end of every scenario, I, I don't know if you've read like the lead up to the last Secret Wars. There was like I think it was at the end of Age of Ultron, right? Something happened and they they showed all these like shattered panels instead of normal pan- panels and it was like people seeing all these different multiverse alternative realities. So at the end of every scenario, it's just like, oh, I was playing as, as Star-Lord, but what if Star-Lord was Captain America and now I get a shield that I like throw into my deck and I replace my element gun or something? I would love it. America. Captain Space America. Captain Space America. There it is. I knew we'd get there. I feel good. I feel good. I think that the Marvel Champions community would like it, though, because people like deck building, but they complain that there's not a lot of deck building in the game, which is, is a different argument for a different day. But I think the the challenge of saying, okay, I had my 15-card kit, and I get to apply five stickers across these five scenarios. Depending on if I win or lose, it's going to change which ones I get to pick from. So how do I make my hero the best they can be? Um, and when you sell like these... Uh, like recharge packs, right? It's only got to be the 15 hero cards 
and a sticker sheet that like lets you go through that hero's like story again. So it doesn't have to be a $15 60 card pack or you sell a 60 card pack that has all four heroes in it, right? Cuz each hero is like 15 cards. Um so you yeah, could you could do that. You could also do it so heroes as they go through a campaign if different things happen for a specific hero, they get different um nemeses. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about um, that. I would love it. Where it doesn't change. Yeah, it doesn't change the hero itself, himself or herself, but but the nemesis. And then at the end, you could always reset to the default nemesis or something. Right. That would be a really easy way to to modify. I mean, it's almost like the campaign, the market that they have. Yep. Um, but it would change up that hero, uh, periodically, right? Because, or maybe it's a way to bring it in. It's another shadow of the past, like a, a way that it it incorporates it. Oh, this person. It, maybe it's a modular set that comes in, and, and it's a whole bunch of Shadow of the Past type cards Yep. But it's with, with different nemeses. So to me, nemesis, right. the, the Badoon Headhunter is like the best legacy mechanic we have in Marvel Champions right now, right? He starts as a one-card modular set in your campaign. If you beat him, he adds an extra card to the deck, just like Americano was talking about. Now, those cards are brutally horrible, and they all have Surge. But I would love to see oh, nemesis sets like that, right? Depending no, on what you do no in the first scenario. Yeah, no, there's no yeah. surge in this game. Also, all the heroes hit for a million damage on their first attack, and <laughs> you win every time. My yeah, summary of Marvel game. Champions. So, so what what have you done then with the Badoon Headhunter to not give yourself a legacy experience? But have you used it to? So I tried using it in Red Skull. Um, where each time I beat him, I did the same thing, and I added an extra card in. And we've done one game night where we played three games of Marvel Champions with the Badoon Headhunter, and we did the same. We just used what the rulebook rules were for Galaxy's Most Wanted, where we started with just the Badoon Headhunter in the first scenario. If we defeat him, we add another one. The problem is, right, if he doesn't come up because Scarlet Witch discards him, then you're like, oh, well, that stinks, right? It doesn't change my experience, so very specific scenario i like the idea of alternative nemesis sets and the game we stream here in like 20 minutes might uh might show you something about that i'm just saying spoilers not spoilers what other legacy games have you all played zero i'm not big on board games that's i mean you're disgusting uh, i'm just kidding yeah I got I got hired because I read a lot of comic books. So I didn't know that I had to play board games too. Hired. <laughs> that's a funny word. <laughs> um, you should try Anzen because it's a card game. It's like a deck building card yeah. game, but they have a legacy version and it's pretty fun. Okay, I'll check it out because a friend of mine uh, is super into board games and he's always trying to get me to play more of them. So maybe I'll tell him that I have an assignment to play more board games and he'll be like, I'm on my way over right now. <laughs> How many games am I supposed bring, to bring? All of them? Okay. Bring bring a fresh copy of Pandemic Legacy Season 1. Dude, he he just got a bonus at work and he, it was uh, some... I, I can't even remember the game because I'm a bad friend, but uh, he just sent it to me and I, I know that it wasn't supposed to, for me to be like, hey, congrats on your bonus at work. It was for me to be like, all right, this looks good. Let's play it. Like <laughs> board, board game so, lawyer says, all of the pandemics are great. I I have one actually. Uh, I have one. I haven't played it, but it's the Rome one. It was given to me as a gift, and I haven't played it yet. 
that and Antique too, and I'm super I'm super intimidated by Antique, but uh, Pandemic does look like a lot of fun. The Pandemic Legacy one is really interesting because it starts as like a normal game of Pandemic, and then every time you beat a scenario, like you're uncovering this story, and you have to you have to do all sorts of things. But by the end of it, it's like a completely different game. But it's one that you can't play at the end. At the end, like ours is just wall art where we've like mounted it. Did on you the make wall. it wall art? I did. Yeah. Well, it's halfway done, and then the pandemic, the actual pandemic happens, so I haven't finished it yet. I was planning on doing that, left it under my bed, and then I just finally threw it away because it was just collecting dust. But I will tell you, my wife and I played it over the course of an actual year. The The game takes place over a series of games, and it, it's each game is it starts a new month, except if you lose that month, you play the same month again. So the most... Hypothetically, you played 24 games of it if you lost the first game. How many did you of play? every month. I don't know. 18, maybe? That's not too bad. We, play, we played think, 14, 17, so... And we played it where we would... We'd play it like the, the second Sunday of the month. And then... If we won, we waited another month to play the next month. If we lost, we'd play it two weeks later. So we played it. We we spaced it out over the entire year, and it was the most fun I've ever had playing. Like my, it's probably my my best board gaming experience. Whoa, good. that's really good. And and I mean, is it the best game I've played? No, but it was the best experience I've had because we we played it. I think it was seventeen times over the course of that one year, and it was so much fun. Anyway, and I played. Charterstone, um, Charterstone is playable after the campaign's over. Board game lawyer just said, um, "It's cute." I think Pandemic Legacy is a better game, but Charterstone had some fun things going for it. Yeah, I like Legacy what games. You, what about you, Dan? I don't like that. Uh, I don't like the ones where you can't can't play them at the end as much. They just Something about that frustrates me a little bit. But I do like the ones that you can go back to or that have a reset pack so you don't have to like... I mean, Pandemic Legacy is like an $80 game, right? So if you want to play it again, you're shelling out another $80. Aeon's End Legacy is an $80 game. And the reset pack is like... I think it's $10 online, but it's like $20 in a store. So you can reset it for like a quarter of the price and play through it again. And it works like Marvel Champions where you have like a mage that you start as. So at the end of the game, you've created four new mages for your collection because they've done like six years of Aeon's End at this point, and only one of the years was Legacy. The rest of the years were all something else. But you can take those Legacy characters to any any of the old or new content, and you can still play them, which is cool. That's that's a lot of fun. That's what I want. I want to be able fun. to take this hero that I make or this villain that I make and play Hawkeye against that villain or go take that hero and play him against the core set villains. Uh, that would be really cool. I think the next one I'll get. Yeah, I think Zombie Kids. So I can get my son to play. Was that one good? I haven't. I haven't heard much about it. I see it on this list of legacy games that I'm staring at. Right uh, I have a friend. I have a friend of mine that has played it like 30 times with this kid. Oh, good. So, so it must be good. So it must be good. Either that, or he locked the room and made him play it 30 times with him. I don't know. <laughs> like he did bad <laughs> at school. Now he has to play Zombie <laughs> Kids. <laughs> Man. Um, I 
what about like components any any like special components you thought you thought of while you were thinking of this um tried to st i thought about it and i tried to stay away from them um, I like the idea of like stickers as a component. I'd be I guess, okay. I guess a sticker is. I'd be okay with tokens, um, if they could find a useful way to do them. Right, like one of the things I was trying to think about. Tell me what you think about this. You, you all don't like destroying cards. Maybe this isn't for you. But what I just if? Wrote on my a match set. What are you talking about? That's true. De my Deadpool one. What what if you had an Iron Man like he has that uni beam from his chest that's like his ultimate in all like the video games for Marvel right like Marvel Ultimate Alliance and stuff. So what if that was like a once per campaign ability that was in his signature kit? So like there was a card sixteen out of fifteen, and it said when you use this card deal like ten damage to a minion. It has overkill. It costs zero. Rip this card in half. You never get to use it again. Exhaust Iron Man. Discard your hand. <laughs> <laughs> rip Iron Man in half. Not rip Iron Man. <laughs> no. Rip rip card sixteen in half, right? So I so know, like it, it wouldn't matter to you at the end because like the balanced hero that's made for all the other the balanced hero. It's made for all the other content, right? It's just cards one through fifteen. And you have these one shot cards that are like your ultimate ability that save you and you destroy them or burn them. I think we can do that right now, right? We can take the market cards and just add them to our deck. Yeah, and just destroy yeah. it forever. That's true. We can get rid of the I market mean, cards, fine. Just like you want I mean, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, if they could do something let's interesting do with tokens, right? Maybe you've got like, let's say your, let's say they made a new Hulk and you're Bruce Banner. And it says Bruce Banner starts with five research or five rage tokens or research slash rage tokens or something. And both sides of his card, when you're in Bruce Banner form, it says... Take a re take a research token and throw it in your trash can and draw three cards. And the Hulk one says, take a rage token, throw it in your trash can, get plus three attack and overkill for the rest of the turn. So you'd get like five of these tokens that you use throughout the whole game. And then you could, you know, balance it some other way with regular tokens. I don't know. I couldn't think of a way to do components really well. I'm just not creative. Failure. I like that a lot, especially with, with Hulk, because it feels like, you know, he has to sacrifice a lot of stuff to get where he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Um one token for three cards, man. You get me all worked up over here. Is that I'll too many? Cash them all in. Cash them all in instantly for fifteen cards, and then you'll all see. <laughs> and, and and then the rest of the game, you'll be doing nothing. <laughs> Fine, but you guys remember that first game, man? I went off. You're like, I killed Drang so hard. <laughs> the first stage of him. <laughs> Super power bomb it like straight back into uh, the atmosphere. And you could do something with tokens where, like, you could earn them back or something. I don't know. It it could be interesting. You could find a way to do tokens. I was trying to think if there would be a cool way to do, like, a campaign map, right? Like, Gloomhaven has, or at least the Jaws of the Lion, that's the version of Gloomhaven I've played, has, like, a map. And as you beat a scenario, you put a sticker on your map, and that's your, like, your map is your list of available missions that you can go on. So as you beat more villains you would like unlock more scenarios um so that like map is like a component and then it's like your play space and stuff like that um so i could see some cool like map like mechanic with stickers again it's just the stickers that's the only thing i can handle maybe scratch offs no minis modifiable rule no Ooh, that's good board game lawyer just brought up modifiable rule book that happens in pandemic legacy right you get like your campaign log for galaxy's most wanted and then after you beat a mission, 
um, you it would say like go pull this sticker out of the book and put it in this spot in your rule book and it would add a new rule that says the villain starts with tough or from now on you start with a villain phase instead of a hero phase so they scheme four times sucks to be you um, so I would love that a modifiable rule book that like stickers get put into or new rules get added later in the game be neato. Like, how would you, how, knowing, knowing Fancy Flight, how would we get an RRG for our modified rule book? Um, you'd, you'd wait about two years, and <laughs> they'd release one when it's out of print, and then you'd have to download a PDF from Hall of Heroes and print it that way. And we'd have to print it on sticker paper, right? Because then we need to get those new stickers. There you go. I like this idea of a what-if expansion and the modifiable rulebook can change the way defense and you and all these controversial topics work to whatever you want so whatever you in quotes wants so oh injury cards that's good board miller said injury cards um won't spoil pandemic legacy but there are ways that your your, your character can get injured um so this would be what you could do is throw in injury cards. I think you can do this. I think they do this in um, the other... What's the other LCG? Arkham Horror, right? The weakness um, cards. Horror. Don't they do that? Yeah, they have don't weakness they, cards they have... that go into your deck. Weakness cards. Kind of like the obligations yeah. in Red Skull. So you could do injury cards that way. You take an injury and now it gets shuffled into your deck. When you draw it, you have to reveal it and something bad happens. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Definitely. And, and like it, it... It like changes your turn too, like because you know sometimes it totally tanks you, and that's that's good. And and some of these ideas would work without it being legacy, but but I think if you you could buy like a legacy pack, it would have it could have uh, these injuries that are hero specific. For example, I guess it'd only work up to when they release it. But so riddle me um, this. Here's a question for you. We're talking about a legacy campaign box, right? And like a recharge pack or something. How would you feel? This is our final question, and then we'll wrap up for today. How would you feel if they did a legacy cycle? So you had a campaign box, and then four hero packs, and a scenario pack that follow it up, that each of those hero packs comes with the stickers or the alternate injury cards or whatever it comes up with. So you'd have your two heroes that are in the campaign box, and then four more legacy heroes to choose from to play through this campaign. Because then you just keep buying the hero packs every time you want to restart. And FFG likes awesome. sales, I think. so. I think that'd be amazing. And I think all of these ideas we had, the aim one, the scroll one, and the what if one, could support like a whole cycle of like awesome, super fun packs. All right, FFG, since you're listening, <laughs> ciao. Laugh. LOL. <laughs> you're not allowed. Uh... Well, any any closing thoughts in our first Designer Dark Dimension all about legacy cards? Um, I think that we have developed one of the products that I'm looking forward to the most. Well, I'll be prepared to be disappointed then, because no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe uh, we'll have to make Villainous Returns Volume 3 a legacy campaign. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well... Thanks for tuning in and coming to our live show. All seven people we had across all three platforms. This is what happens when you announce it like five minutes beforehand instead of weeks beforehand like normal. 
we appreciate you being here. And to everybody that listens to this later, if you have other ideas about how to make this a legacy uh, system or game, we'd love to hear it on Discord or our Facebook feed or wherever. Just yell at Americano and then he'll filter it and tell it to me. Um, like we said earlier. That's my role. That is my role. Don't, yeah, don't don't message me directly. Um, I'll pretend like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he'll say, what is this Marvel Champions game? I don't even know what a Marvel is. What? <laughs> What's a Marvel? <laughs> All right, that wraps it up. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you stick around on Twitch in like five to ten minutes, we'll be a couple of us, maybe not even the other people that are here on this talk, but a couple people from Discord will be streaming a four-player, hopefully, Wrecking Crew game, kicking off Villainous Returns Custom Campaign Volume 2. So thanks for tuning in. Hope we see you again later.